What's good, everybody? Thanks for checking out the podcast. My name is Craig Crash Collins. Chris Simmons is filling in this week for B. Scott. We're going to talk all about the conference tournaments around college basketball. We're going to tell you how each of the Power Five tournaments is going to play out. Also, I'm going to preview the IndyCar series as it gets underway this weekend, so you won't want to miss that. The Crash Course podcast begins right after this word from Anchor. Before we get into the podcast here, uh, a little bit on a serious note, that's why we're starting off with uh, no music here in the uh, in the actual meat and potatoes of the podcast here. Um, we do want to send our thoughts and prayers out to uh, Brandon Scott. He's out this week. Chris Simmons filling in. Um, Brandon's daughter is in the hospital. Um, I don't want to really divulge too much more information than that. If you follow Brandon on social media, um, Brandon under uh, Brandon Scott underscore eighty seven on Twitter. Um, if you want to kind of get a better idea of what's going on, I don't know how much he wants me to talk about it, so I'm gonna just you know be as be as broad as I can be. But you know, basically, long story short, his daughter is gonna be in the hospital, um, you know, for the next you know few days at, at least. Um, so uh, thoughts and prayers go out to him. We uh, wish uh, Jillian. Uh, a speedy recovery um, from uh, what's going on there. So uh, she was uh, admitted into Riley prior to last weekend. I believe it was around uh, you know this past weekend when that happened. So uh, hope uh, you know obviously we want Brandon to, to get back to the podcast as soon as possible, uh, which means it's a return to normalcy. But you know obviously Jillian's health um, is what we're most concerned about. So uh, hope everything. Um, works out well, um, and she gets well soon. Um, so, uh, it, you know, anybody who listens to this podcast, if you keep, um, if you can keep them, you know, at, at minimum in your thoughts, that would be amazing. Um, on another note, be, uh, Chris, I'm glad that you are available to fill in today. We're going to be talking about uh, conference tournament time because it is that time of year again, uh, March Madness. Um, for college basketball, and it's going to be an interesting NCAA tournament, um, and it's going to be an inter- inter- interesting conference tournament time as well because um, it's been a year that's been filled with so much, so many upsets. It's been a year where there's been so much going on, and you, you know, I thought about it today, uh, earlier today, about uh, you know, we talk about all these rule changes, or B Scott and I've talked about all these rule changes that have you know are going to potentially come and have come to Major League Baseball. What football's you know trying to kind of mix things up with adding an extra game, more playoff teams. You know, college basketball is just basically embraced. Like, hey, we know we're only relevant really, you know, six months out of, or six weeks out of the year, but they're super exciting and you love it. So you know, why not? Uh, you know, just kind of embrace that because I've always thought like, hey, if you're gonna fix college basketball, just make, you know, make it as tournamenty. I know that's not a word, but as tournamenty as possible. Maybe throughout the whole year, like have a, you know, they already have regular season tournaments, but you know, find a way to incorporate that tournament feel all year. But they're like, no, we're gonna do a normal regular season. You kind of throw the regular season in a way out out of the out the window as soon as it gets to this point in the year then you just kind of buckle up and get ready for for tournament time so i'm really excited to to dive right in here yeah i mean college basketball is not obviously the sport or the you know the that i focus on the most or that i pay the most attention to during the regular season but man once that calendar flips to march it's it's really taking on you know its own thing regardless of whether you watch regular season basketball or not 
March Madness, it, it literally is that. It turns into madness all across, you know, the, the college basketball realm. And it's just, it's super fun. There's nothing in sports like it. It is one of the most unique uh, just sporting events around the world. And it's just, it, it's so much fun across, like, just from top to bottom, even if you don't know college basketball at all you know you see and hear stories all the time of people that fill out brackets randomly based on logos based on team colors based on you know funny sounding team names or mascots and and then they win the whole they win the whole thing so it literally you know it's just it's such a fun time for sports and non-sports fans alike it's one of the few times every year that you know you kind of see those two worlds mesh and everybody kind of gets a good kick out of it whether you actually enjoy the sport or not it's just a really fun thing to be a part of in your workplace in your family you know you know with your friends it just it's one of the easiest ways every year to kind of you know do something that's fun put everybody on a level playing field and get bragging rights at the end of it so yeah i can't wait it's it's just a great time of year I was gonna say, um, you know, if this is if you're listening out there and you uh, you're not a huge sports fan or college basketball fan. First of all, what an interesting click for you um, to click on this podcast if you're not interested in those couple <laughs> of things. But at the same time, uh, this may be the year to get into your office pool and um, you know just give a run at it because you know there is so much more that can happen this year. It's not been kind of your cookie cutter. Well, oh, yeah. you know, it's the same guys that you know as as normal. It's you know Duke, it's Kentucky, whatever. Um, you know, it's funny, uh, my freshman year, my dorm, the guy who won our dorm, uh, tournament pool was a guy who literally hadn't watched any basketball at all, all year. And, you know, and that's what you get into because it's just, it, anything can happen. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's some of the most fun thing. And I truly believe that the people that actually don't follow college basketball at all, like 0%, have a better shot at winning the whole thing because they don't overthink it. I know when I sit there and fill out my brackets, my couple of serious ones that I do where I'm like, I'm trying to win and I'm trying to guess it right, that I will sit there and overthink things and I'll have scratch marks all over the place and I'll have, you know, I'll redo it a handful of times and I need a bottle of whiteout and I need all kinds of stuff because I sit there and I overthink it and I'm like, well, you know, if, if this doesn't happen, then I don't get this matchup. And if I don't get this matchup, this team's not beating this other team. And you end up going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Whereas you have the guys that fill it out in 30 seconds and they're just boom, 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 boom. They don't think about it. It's just, it's it, they just go with their gut. And those are the ones that I tend to see work out better than mine because sure enough, you know, you spend all your time filling out your bracket and you think you've got it and you you know you've spent hours on it and it's a masterpiece and it looks pretty and then game start and Virginia loses to UMBC and you're like, "Well, this whole thing's done day 1. We're 2 hours in and and you know what? Just it's gone." So it's it's always just so much fun and it's it's such a big tournament that it's just, it's just random. I love oh, every year hearing the probability and the odds of like filling out a perfect bracket and what they relate to in our real lives, and it's just crazy and insurmountable. So it's it's just a good time for everybody. Let's go ahead and dive right in here. Uh, so the conference tournaments have already gotten underway today for the Power Five. Um, the ACC tournament started today. 
Um, you look at the top 25, uh, Dayton, Florida State, San Diego State, Creighton, BYU, Iowa, Houston, Wisconsin, and Illinois all started the season unranked. That's nine of the top 25, so nearly half of the teams that are ranked right now didn't start the season as a ranked team, so you've got a bunch of new faces kind of at the top. Also, eight ranked teams lost to unranked teams over this past week. That just kind of adds to what's been a crazy season of upsets where you've seen you know several number ones. You've seen several ranked teams go down. I mean, just this past week, St. John's beat number 10 Creighton. Stanford beat number 21 Colorado. Rutgers beat number 9 Maryland. Tennessee beat number 6 Kentucky. Purdue did win over number 18 Iowa. Texas A&M beat number 17 Auburn. UConn beat number 21 Houston. West Virginia beat number 4 Baylor. So just so many uh, upsets in this, just this past week alone um, is just astounding. Um, you look at the bracketology as of now when you look at the Power 5. The ACC has five teams. Virginia, Louisville, Duke, and Florida State are all solidly in. NC State is listed as the part of the last four in. The Big Ten has ten teams. Wisconsin, Iowa, Maryland, Michigan, Illinois, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Rutgers. Indiana is one of the last four in. Purdue at this point is fairly solidly out. Uh, the Big 12 has six teams, Kansas, West Virginia, Oklahoma, and Baylor. Texas Tech is on the bubble. They had them kind of like on like the first four in, like on the bubble, and I was like, that doesn't really make sense to me, so I'm just going to say that they're on the bubble. Um, <laughs> Texas is in the last four in. Because the way I look at it, it was like, you're either in the last four in or your last four out. Because they or had Purdue. Four out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, had, uh, they had Purdue in like the – second four out or something okay. like that so i was like okay so they're fa fairly solidly not so, in so, the, so they're going to need a couple of breaks either teams losing early yeah, in the tournament exactly. or they're going to need a deep run in the big 10 tournament which right. which is very possible we'll dive well into the big 10 tournament but that's always one of the more fun uh conference tournaments there is right the pac-12 has seven teams usc colorado oregon and arizona are all solidly in uh stanford um is in the last four in um, Arizona State and UCLA are both on the bubble. I already went through the Big 12, I believe. Yes, I did. Um, in case I didn't, I can't remember if I did or didn't. Kansas, West Virginia, and Oklahoma, Baylor are all solidly in. Then for the SEC, um, uh, you've got Kentucky, LSU, Florida, and Auburn all solidly in. Mississippi is Mississippi State is right there, but um, as of right now, they are out. So we're going to now take a look. You know, I thought about kind of doing uh you know b scott and i have a segment called hot and cold where we you know just kind of you know say a statement and say if it's a hot take or a cold take but i was like instead of doing that let's get to the fun of filling out a bracket yeah. basically a week early um so we're going to go through the acc tournament the big 10 tournament the big 12 tournament the pac-12 tournament and the sec tournament we're also going to let you know if there's any mid-major schools from the state of indiana um that are going to end up uh, you know, going to the big dance. So let's go ahead and dive right in here. First with the ACC tournament. Now it technically is going on um, as this podcast is being released. Um, one game is you know either over or uh, is very close to over. Wake Forest and Pitt, Virginia Tech, and North Carolina follows that. I thought about hey, I could rec I could release the podcast early or uh, or release it on you know the night that I record. 
um, which I know a little peek behind the curtain. We record Monday nights and then release on Tuesday. And I was <gasps> like, what? I know it's not live, even though you already know what it's are not you talking live about? It's a podcast. But we, we're running back and forth from the studio to get this done oh live. What are you talking? I have my 12 hot dogs, Craig. Oh I'm my, ready. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so and I, I was like, do I want to do any of these extra hoops to, to try to like, you know, get this, you know, my, whatever takes out here. And I was like, well, you're not tuning in for my breakdown of number 12 Wake Forest, <laughs> number 13 Pitt in the ACC tournament. So I, I think we'll we'll be good just kind of leaving them blocked <laughs> together as the winner of that game. Although I guess if I'm picking a team, it's I'll, I'll throw I'll I, well, I'll pick the upsets. I'll pick Pitt and North Carolina. Those are the two upsets in that first round: North Carolina over Virginia Tech. So. So it makes you feel any better, I'll take the same ones. Because North Carolina, with the pedigree of that program and Roy yeah. Williams still there, I can't imagine they lose. As bad of a year they've had, I can't imagine they don't win an ACC tournament right. game. Yeah. And, and then, that's fair. And then Wake Forest and Pitt, flip a coin, we'll just have fun, we'll go with the lower seed, so I'll go with Pitt as well. Yeah, so then it gets underway, uh, you know, a lot more games going on on Wednesday. You start off with number 8 Clemson and number 9 Miami. I'm going to go with Clemson here. You know, the 8-9 matchup's always a flip, flip of the coin. You have two really closely, you know, uh, marked teams. Miami's a team um, really kind of in both sports that, you know, when it comes to the big game, they don't really seem to measure up. They're one of the teams that they, they don't really – there's – you know, they may play a little harder because their season is basically over as far as, you know, the NCAA tournament's concerned and most likely the NIT. I don't really know what qualifies you and doesn't qualify you for the yeah. NIT. Um, but their their season, at least as far as the NCAA tournament is concerned, is more likely than not over um, with um, a loss in that game. So uh, Clemson gets the win. Um, there in that game, then the winner of Wake Forest and Pitt plays NC State. NC State is one of the last four teams in. I still think it's interesting. Now, granted, you know what? The last time I talked about college basketball on the podcast, um, it was uh, talking about how you know Notre Dame and NC State have had very similar seasons. The only difference is the only difference is in, NC State has actually had one or two wins over ranked teams, and in, in North Notre Dame went 0 and 7, I think, against ranked teams this year. So that's why one team's in, one team's out. NC State's kind of a weird team to gauge. Um, they're going to get the win though, um, and they move on to play Duke. Uh, then Notre Dame, Boston College. I'm just going to go ahead. I, you know, I thought Notre Dame, if they had, you know, if they won out, if they beat Florida State, which they didn't do. Um, then they would have a shot if they made a deep enough run in the ACC tournament to kind of, you know, raise some eyebrows and kind of sneak yeah. in. But, um, you know, I'm just going to put that file nail in the coffin here and say they get beat by number 10, Boston College. Um, then you've got Syracuse um, playing the winner of Virginia Tech, North Carolina. I think Syracuse gets that win there. Again, you know, you, you want to see – you want to think that UNC with that pedigree with Roy Williams will win at least one ACC tournament game, but I don't – Protect them making a particularly long run. So then that makes a second round matchup of Florida State and Clemson. Florida State gets the win here. Um, you know, they've just been so crazy all season. And, you know, Florida State's been a program that, you know, you typically know them for their football program, yeah. but, uh, you know, their basketball program has kind of one of those, you know, crazy years. You yeah. Know, they were, the, you know, they're usually solidly a, a, a decent team, but, like, they'll have these runs where they're top notch. And, oh, yeah. and so Florida State gets the win there. Then they go on to play, uh, then there's uh, Duke versus NC State. 
I'm going to go Duke here. I think NC State, I don't think they're hurt by that loss to Duke, um, but I don't I, I don't really buy them as a team that's going to make any sort of run in either tournament. Um, so I've got Duke um, over NC State there. Virginia versus Boston College. Let's go Virginia. Virginia is a team that has had kind of a lackluster year following their you know amazing uh, tournament run. Um uh, last year to the national title, um, but I think they get the win there. Then it's Louisville and Syracuse. I've got Louisville um, winning that game to go on to the semifinals. Then it's uh, the semifinals are Duke, Florida State. I'm going with Florida State here. Uh, Florida State does beat Duke, um, and uh, you know Duke has you know been a good team this year, but Florida State's just you know I'm very impressed by the kind of season they have they've had. So. Um, I've got Florida State there, and then I've got uh, Louisville versus uh, uh, Syracuse. Um, I'm going to go Louisville with that win there. So it's Louisville-Florida State in the ACC Tournament Championship. And let's go ahead and give the Vols the conference tournament title. Now, it won't matter. You know, they're, they're going to be they're going to get that automatic bid. They're going to get in no matter what. But uh, Florida State gets that win over Louisville in a very hotly contested ACC tournament. All right, so yeah, so if I'm breaking this down, if I'm looking round by round, you know, I'll take Pitt like you did in that first round game and North Carolina, the 14 seed. Um, again, just the pedigree, Roy Williams being there. They'll find a way to win a game over Virginia Tech. Um, then, you know, you start the second round, you've got that 8-9 matchup, that Clemson and Miami. I'll roll with Clemson again, just I flipped a coin, grabbed it. There you go, it's Clemson. Um, I think that's going to be just a close game hard fought hard to pick one eight nine always is tough so i'll go with clemson there to advance to the quarterfinals Pitt beating with wake forest that sets them up with that matchup versus nc state i will take nc state had a good solid year no reason to think they can't um you know find a way to get that win over Pitt. i still think as you know nc state is you know in as of right now but you know, winning in your conference tournament always just helps your case. It doesn't hurt it. So if you're a team like NC State, who, yeah, you're probably in, but you 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 need to at least, I think, win one to just really solidify. Don't give the committee any reason to even kind of look at you as maybe one of those sneaky first four outs. So I think, you know, if you're NC State, that's a big game. you got to get up for that. Got to take care of Pitt um, and then, you know, advance to the quarterfinals. And then, yeah, I'm going to roll with you. Uh, I'm going to go with Boston College over Notre Dame. Um, basically kind of the same thing that you said, just because Notre Dame hasn't beat a ranked team all year. So to me, what that says is, yeah, they're a really solid team, but not when, again, kind of like their football program. They'll have a solid year, but just when those lights shine and when they need to make a statement kind of win, they just can't seem to do it. So I think, again, here, you know, Boston College will, will be have something to play for, and Notre Dame will just kind of overlook it. they're in it the and, part of the bracket, too, where if they won two or three games, like, that's possible because they're in the part of the bracket with Virginia, who's yep. not the Virginia that we've known over the past few years. And yeah. they're with Syracuse and Louisville, who are kind of up in the air. So they have kind of the opportunity to make that run, but I just don't have any faith. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're just going to have to prove me wrong. And if they do, they do. That's a great on them, but... You know, if I'm rolling, who I'm rolling with, I'm going to roll with Boston College in that one. And then North Carolina over Syracuse. Um, you know, I'm going to take Syracuse over North Carolina. I think, again, for some reason, Syracuse has been running this 2-3 zone for all 27 of my years on this earth. And for whatever reason, more often than not, nobody seems to figure out how to handle it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a very well-coached and a very well-ran 2-3 zone. 
but it's a 2-3 zone. And so I think North Carolina, again, especially with the year that they're having, Syracuse is going to trip them up just enough. I'll take Syracuse in that one. So then back up to the top of the bracket in the quarterfinals, we've got Florida State. Uh, I'll have them cruising over Clemson. I think that'll be a good game. But Florida State will roll, handle business, move on to the semifinals. And then you've got Duke and NC State, a really good 4-5 matchup there. Um, I'm going to take Duke over them. I think, again, Duke, you know, you want to talk about the pedigree. Coach K is there. You know, he's – he won't let that team lose, you know, their first time out, I think. So it'll be a tough matchup against NC State, but I think Coach K will have them ready to go. So they'll advance to the semifinals over over NC State. And then on the bottom half of the bracket, we've got Virginia and Boston College. I think Virginia will kind of cruise over Boston College and punch their ticket to the semifinals. And then you set up Louisville and Syracuse, and that'll be a really tough one. I'm actually going to go with Syracuse on here. I think I'm going to pick that upset again just – Anytime I seem to turn on Syracuse basketball in March Madness, that zone defense they play trips up everybody. So I'm just going to say they can do it one more time. I think, you know, Louisville, you know, not having played a game in the ACC tournament up to that point, their first opponent being that kind of funky Syracuse team that's got something to play for. Syracuse has that thing to play for that, you know, they want to make a good deep run. They want to solidify their spot and try to get in, you know, to the big dance. So I think they are ready for that one. I think they upset Louisville to punch their ticket to the semifinal. So our two semifinal matchups will be Florida State and Duke. I will actually go with the pedigree and the program that is Duke uh, basketball. So Duke will punch their ticket to the championship game. And then you've got Virginia and Lou and um, Syracuse rather. I'll take Virginia over Syracuse handling business. And then that'll set up Duke and Virginia. And I'll take Duke actually to win uh, the ACC tournament again. I just, it's really hard. It's, I don't like to do it, which is the same thing when it comes to like the New England Patriots and Tom Brady. I don't like to do it, but it's really hard to go against the to bet against those guys and the pedigree that they have. No matter, no matter what the regular season is, Coach K has been around long enough that you know he knows exactly how to get the most out of his players each individual year. And his team changes obviously every year in college basketball. So, I think you know. You can sign it, kind of sit there and nitpick their regular season and find a lot of flaws and find a lot of reasons that they won't win. But at the end of the day, I think Coach K can just find a way to get it done, pull something out of his players that they haven't had yet. So I think they find a way to win the ACC title. And it's funny, too, because, you know, I've made the mention a couple times on the podcast where, you know, when you do these predictions, you do these breakdowns, you want to not pick the, you know, teams that everybody else is going to pick but sometimes it's just it's right there it's just yeah. it's there for the taking you know it's not a bad choice to take duke yeah. because i mean it's, it's a pretty good odds on you know you know guess that they're gonna have uh, you know a good tournament run shocker so you know, it's it, so yeah nothing wrong with that so i uh, you know i've got florida state you've got duke it's gonna be a fun acc tournament the tournament that i think is going to be maybe the most wild is going to be the big 10 tournament because you have some teams like your Purdue's, like your Ohio State's, like your IU's, like your Penn State's, not at the top of the bracket where you you know have these teams that have played really well. Like I didn't even realize Wisconsin's the number one seed. Like yeah. I, 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 you're used to <laughs> Michigan State, you're used to Ohio State, you're used to you know Purdue, um, but you know or Michigan, right? You know, so um, it's going to be a crazy tournament. Uh, it gets underway. Uh, on Wednesday, uh, with uh, the first game being Northwestern Minnesota, I'll go Northwestern. Uh, we've got Nebraska and IU. I think IU wins that game. Um, it's going to be interesting because I think IU 
you know, I was trying to think. I think it's most of the time when we talk of when you know looking at how the tournament's going to pan out. They basically, I, I would like to think if you're the last four in going into the tournaments, they just look for you not to lose a game you shouldn't, mm -hmm. um, and that could. Uh, potentially happen, um, you know, with you know, you know, early on for IU, they could lose to um, Penn State, which obviously Penn State's the higher seed. Um, but you know, I, I don't think IU needs to make that real deep run. I think if they just beat Nebraska, which they should do, uh, they'll be in pretty good shape. So then it moves on to uh, Thursday. You've got uh, Michigan and Rutgers. I'm going to go with Rutgers here. Um, I think Rutgers is going to get the win. You know, it's the eight-nine matchup, but I think Michigan's a you know much better number nine seed than probably any other conference yeah. tournament. Um, so I mean, you've got ten teams in the NCAA tournament, which means you know the teams playing on um, you know on March 12th, you know, three days before the tournament ends, are teams that are NCAA caliber you know, tournament caliber teams. Right. Um, so I got Rutgers over Michigan. Um, that's going to be an insane game. Uh, so the uh, – I don't know if you really call it an upset because it's eight, 8 over 9, but still it just feels weird because you know, Rutgers <laughs> – you're not, Rutgers not really known for their, you know, greatness in men's basketball. So yeah. it's just, it's just kind of crazy. So you've got Iowa – uh, versus Northwestern. I'm going to go with Iowa here. They get the win. Uh, Purdue, Ohio State. So I really, really <laughs> wanted to pick Purdue to kind of make this crazy run. Because I think if they get, if they were to beat Ohio State, I think they have a good chance of beating Michigan State. And okay. I think if they do win those two games, they have a shot to kind of maybe win their way, especially if IU can't beat Penn State, to make it into the NCAA tournament. However... And their only meeting this year, Ohio State beat Purdue, and they beat them by I think it was like fifteen. So it was by you know a fairly decent a amount, win. a solid win. Yeah. So if it was like a close like buzzer beater <laughs> or five point game, I'd be like, oh heck, you know, let's go. Yeah. Yep. But uh, uh, I, I think Ohio State's gonna get the win here um, and move on. Ohio State or uh, IU versus Penn State. Um, I've got Penn State winning this one. Uh, Penn State does beat IU. IU. Um, plays tough, kind of solidifies their uh, you know ticket into the NCAA tournament, but Penn State ultimately ultimately gets the win. Then going back to the top of the bracket for the next round, you've got Wisconsin and Rutgers. I'm going full bore upset here. I'm going <laughs> Rutgers over Wisconsin. Why? Because the two, the uh, I think there's only been one meeting between these two teams as well, and I believe it was close. Um, looking back on it. Um, and so I think that, and I think Rutgers has beat Wisconsin this year. I'm going to go ahead and take a look at that real quick um, because I believe, <clears throat> excuse me, it has happened uh, once this year already. Um, because, yeah, I mean, that's just the crazy thing is that this turn, this uh, Big Ten tournament, I mean, the team, you know, the teams that are low are actually high-caliber teams. Like, you wouldn't expect yeah. the nine seed. You're not expecting Clemson to go beat Florida State because Florida State's solidly a one-seed Clemson's an AC. You know, well, you, I mean, and you, and you talk about Florida State. Florida State right now is ranked number four, I believe, in the top 25 in the nation. So they're not even just a really good ACC team. Right. They're just a great basketball team. Where, yeah, right now they are sitting real pretty at 26-5. and five, Just moved up three spots to the number four spot. So, yeah, you know, you want to talk about that is a huge upset, you know, if they were to be defeated in, in their tournament. So you've got, um, and, and I went and looked. It was, was they split the season series uh, 
Wisconsin's won the most recent meeting by eight, but Rutgers does have a win over them this season. So, you know, it could happen. You've got Illinois and Iowa. I'm going uh, Illinois here. Iowa just doesn't seem to have it usually come tournament time. And, um, you know, I just don't have a whole lot of faith in them. Ohio State, uh, again, does uh, beat Purdue. Um, then they go on to play Michigan State. Um, I've got um, Ohio State winning that game over Michigan State and getting the win there. Then you've got Penn State and Maryland. Again, full bore upset. I'm going Penn State over Maryland. I think Penn State's got a chance to make a really good run. So then you've got the semifinal matchups of Rutgers um, and Illinois. This is where the Rutgers train ends. Uh, mm-hmm. Illinois does beat Rutgers to move on to the Big Ten, the Big Ten Championship. And you've got Penn State, Ohio State. I've got Ohio State winning that game and moving on to the Big Ten Championship. Then the Big Ten Championship game of Ohio State and Illinois, a championship game nobody thought would happen. (laughs) Um, I'm going to have Ohio State beating Illinois in the Big Ten Championship game. Ohio State, you know, even though they're solidly in, officially punches their ticket to the big dance. So I think... uh... I think our friend and colleague Sean Curl might have cried just a couple of tears hearing you go through that run because I think he's going to be really excited right. to hear you say, you know, that his Illini are going to win a couple of games, find themselves in the Big Ten championship game, and then I think he's going to cry one final tear right. when they get when when they lose to Ohio State. So it's be like, you couldn't let me have that just, one little yeah, bit, just one. You couldn't. You, you teased me. You teased me. You strung me along. And then he just cut the cord just like that. So, uh, Sean, just remember that was uh, that was Craig. Uh, those all those predictions are uh, on that side of the table. They're all his. I do not condone any of those picks. But all right, here we go. I'm gonna I give my shot at it. So we're gonna take a look at the bracket again, starting at the beginning, obviously. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'll go. I'll roll Northwestern again. 12-13 seed. I'll roll with the 13 seed. We'll go with Northwestern over Minnesota. Um, I am gonna take IU over Nebraska. Um, IU, even though, as you mentioned, you know, they are one of the first four or the last four in, um, I think, I think first and foremost, they have to beat Nebraska to get in. I think if they lose to Nebraska, I think that's as much of a sign that the committee will look at it and say, you know what? We were kind of on the fence about them anyway. If there's somebody else like a, say maybe a Purdue that wins one or two games in this big 10 tournament, that's why this big 10 tournament is going to shape a lot of the NCAA tournament, just seeding-wise and then potentially upset-wise, because obviously, you know, we'll delve into all of that, but the NCAA tournament, the seeding matters, the region that you're in matters, so this Big Ten tournament, the way it all shakes out, can have a drastic effect on the entire tournament, so it's going to be a lot of fun, obviously, and so are the other conference tournaments that we're going to talk about, but I think this one in particular may have the most singular impact on the overall tournament. But yeah, so if I think Indiana, I think IU has to get up, has to get ready for this Nebraska game because if they lose it, I don't see them making the tournament. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it right now. I think if they cannot beat Nebraska, they will not make it to the Big Dance. That's nail in the coffin. That's my take. Um, so, I'll, but I will pick IU to beat Nebraska. Back kind of against the wall. They have to do it. I think they're gonna go ahead and get that win. And then you've got Michigan Rutgers. And you know what? I'm gonna roll with. I mean, it's not that big of an upset against the 8-9, but I am going to roll on that Rutgers train. Uh, they did just beat Purdue in overtime this past week, so that's got to feel pretty good. And before that, they actually beat 
It was number nine Maryland earlier this week as well. So Rutgers is coming in. They're doing what you want them to do. They're coming in on a hot streak to this conference tournament. So, yeah, I'm going to roll with them for a little bit. So they're going to be able to handle Michigan and advance in the Big Ten tournament. And then you've got Northwestern and Iowa. I'll take Iowa to handle business in their first game over Northwestern. And um, and so they'll advance. And then you've got that Purdue-Ohio State matchup. You know, it's 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 really really tough, and I'm actually gonna roll with Purdue, and I'll tell you why. It's kind of the same thing I said along the lines of IU that if Purdue, you know, they they know their matchup now, they know they're playing Ohio State, and they know their situation. They know that right now they are not in the tournament. They have to get this win over Ohio State to get in. So they're gonna come out with everything they've got, and sometimes the most dangerous thing. You know, is that team with nothing to lose for and everything to gain. So I think Purdue, with really with their backs against the wall, are going to come out with one of their best performances of the season. I think they find a way to get that upset win over Ohio State and try to punch their ticket into the big dance. So I'm, I'm rolling with Purdue with the Boilermakers there in that one. And then you've got IU and Penn State. I think in this one, I think it's going to be a really, really closely contested game. Because, again, I think IU knows their situation as well. They've got to win not just one but probably two games to really solidify their spot in the tournament. Um, but I think they're going to fall just a couple of baskets short of Penn State, a really, really good, a really solid Penn State team. So I'm going to pick Penn State over IU there. And then going back to the top of the bracket, we finally get into our top seeds. We've got Rutgers in Wisconsin. And uh, – this is going to be another tough one because, again, Rutgers coming in on this really hot streak and Wisconsin, you know, is obviously that number one seed. But I feel like I feel like more often than not, Wisconsin's that team, as you mentioned, even in a, in a way that they are just that overlooked solid team. And not because they're not that good, but because they always seem to ju just kind of fall a little short, a game or two here. And they never really do. And the way they play is not very exciting either. So it's it's a lot of really slow down pace. You grind it out, make every possession count defensively and offensively. Um, but I'm going to go with Wisconsin in this one. I think they're going to find a way to, again, slow the pace down to the way they want it to go and make it kind of that low-scoring affair. And I think Wisconsin will, will win this one. Men, you know what? Why not? I'm going to make Sean happy as well. I'm going to roll with his Illini to uh, upset Iowa there. Or not upset, rather. I'm sorry. But to handle Iowa in that one to set up a semifinal matchup there. So Illinois will come away with a win there. And then I've got Purdue and Michigan State. And I think, you know what, I'm just going to go full bore upset and make it happen. So I think Purdue, again, with their backs against the wall, are just going to kind of find that extra gear, find what they need. And Michigan State doesn't really have anything to play for outside of bragging rights, seeding, and all that good stuff. But they're in. There's nothing that Michigan State can do to find themselves out of the tournament. Well, Brandon's mentioned, too, that Purdue matches up really well with Michigan State. Yeah. And they've you know, had that big win over Michigan State early in the year. So it's not yeah. without you know, it's not outside their own <laughs> possibility it could happen again. Yeah, and I mean, and again, I think, I think in the Big Ten more than any other conference, yeah, your seeding is your seeding, and, you know, that's a number 10 seed beating a number 2 seed. But because the Big Ten is so close and so closely contested, there's not this huge gap in talent from number two to number ten. It's not like Purdue is this three-win team that is going to find themselves, well, we have to play in a conference game, whatever. And Michigan State's this 30-1 and one 
two seed. They're really a lot closer than that seeding would look. So I'm going to give Purdue the upset win there to punch their ticket into the semifinals. And if they were able to do that, if they're able to beat Michigan State and get to the semifinals at least, the Big Ten tournament, it may not be. I mean, it's it's tough to say. It, it's tough to tell you. It's tough to say without knowing how the rest of the conference tournaments play out and everything like that. But Purdue then would make a really good case for kind of being one of those last four teams in if they were able to find their way into at least the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament. But then on the bottom half of the bracket, we've got Penn State and Maryland. I'll roll with Penn State um, upsetting Maryland to set up that other semifinal matchup. So then our semifinal matchup is going to be Wisconsin and Illinois in that one. I'm going to – you know what? Why not? We're going to roll with the upset again. I love the upsets. We're going to roll with Illinois to upset Wisconsin um, and punch their ticket to the Big Ten title game. And then in the other semifinal matchup, we've got Maryland and Purdue. I think Purdue maybe runs out of steam after upsetting Michigan State. I think they kind of get you know, just, just too tired after those couple of games. And I think Maryland, a very, very, very good, solid Maryland team, uh, does just enough to beat a tough Purdue team. So I think then when you're looking at your final – your 2020 Big Ten Tournament championship game is going to be Illinois and Maryland, and I'm actually going to roll with Illinois. Why not? They're just as good of a pick as anybody you know, in that Big Ten, so we're going to have a lot of fun with that one, and uh, yeah, I'll roll with the Illini. So it's going to be the Illini for Chris. It's going to be Ohio State for me, um, so you know, it should be fun. Yeah, the Big Ten Tournament has a chance to just kind of be a wild uh, wild run of a few, of a week basically for the conference tournament, so it should be very fun to watch. Now, looking at the Big Twelve tournament, um, this one's going to be fun as well. It starts on Wednesday with Oklahoma State and an Iowa State eight nine matchup. I'm going to go uh, Oklahoma State there, um, and then you've got uh, number seven TCU against number ten Kansas State. TCU gets the win, so just a couple of games on Wednesday. It goes on to the quarterfinals. On Thursday, you've got uh, number four Texas against number five Texas Tech. I'm going to go with Texas in this win here. I think Texas uh, gets the win. Uh, they're a team that's um, you know again one of those last few that's that's getting in uh, or that's you know projected to get in. So I think they uh, get that win there. And then you've got Kansas against Oklahoma State. Kansas gets the win here. What's crazy about Kansas is that you know <clears throat> it seems like come tournament time they're almost always a team that can sometimes disappoint you if you're um if you're betting on them for the tournament but in their conference tournament they're almost a lock to at least make it to the championship <laughs> game so uh they're gonna get the win and then you've got baylor against uh tcu baylor wins there then you've got uh, west virginia oklahoma uh I, you know I, I guess i just dig this six over three upset um so i'm going west virginia over oklahoma there so then it sets up the semifinals of uh texas and kansas kansas gets the win there to punch their ticket they're you know the number one team they're 28 and 3 for a reason 17 and 1 of the big 12 for a reason so they're going to get that win there and then west virginia and baylor it was you know mentioned earlier it was one of those upsets this past week um west virginia I think does it again. They beat Baylor again to get that win and move on to the Big 12 championship on Saturday. Kansas, West Virginia. So the question is, you know, does West Virginia have enough to upset Kansas? Uh, you know what? When you have uh, one one bracket like the Big Ten that's as upset laden as I, you know, you know, kind of, you know, tend to pick. I'm going to go a little bit more close to the vest here. I've got Kansas <laughs> over West Virginia in the Big 12 championship game. Kansas 
Shocker! They're they put they're uh, they they're gonna go to the NCAA tournament, but they're gonna lock their way <laughs> into the tournament, even though they were gonna be there undoubtedly anyway. Um, so Kansas gets the win, and they are Big Twelve champions. Yeah, I love your mindset too. By the way, a little side note: I love your mindset of well, you know, I picked all these upsets getting here to this final game, but now I'm gonna hedge my bets and still take that tough that top ranked team. And the reason I like that is it's just another one of those countless examples of great minds thinking alike because that's exactly what I do. Where if I find myself like, ooh, I've picked like three or four upsets in a row, let's kind of like, yeah, we'll still find a way for that one or two seed to to kind of keep it going so that way I'm like, yeah, I can pick some fun upsets without like completely ruining well, it's part of the over, bracket. It's part of the overthinking about like yep. the bracket thing because I'll I'll go through and I'm like, okay, so like for, for the big <laughs> for like the the entire NCAA tournament I'm like, okay, so 12 5 upsets are big. Ooh, I like that 12 over that 5. Well, I like that 12 over that 5. Or I like that 12 over that 5. I've got all four 12 seeds yeah. winning. I can't have all of those, so I guess <laughs> Which one am I less confident in? Yeah. <laughs> so that's where you kind of start stumbling over yourself a bit. Yeah, which is really funny when you think of it like that because, yeah, you're right. You know, ooh, it feels really uncomfortable to pick all those 12 five upsets. But then, you know, that's the time that you would knock one or two of those off and go with the fives. And then all, that's the year that all four 12 seeds will win. And you're like, well, I should have just gone with my gut anyway. And that guy that has no idea what he's doing, who picked all, five, all four 12 seeds, got them all right. It made you, you know. So, it's yeah, it's just part of the overall fun and uh, and everything. So let's dive in to the Big 12 real quick. For me, on my end, I spoiler alert, I think mine's going to look pretty similar to yours, but we're going to dive in. Um, I'm going to take... Iowa State over Oklahoma State in that first matchup. And then, uh, you know what? We're going to roll with the upset again. We're going to roll with 10 seed Kansas. Kansas State rolling over TCU and advancing to the quarterfinals. So then at the top of the quarterfinal bracket, we've got Texas and Texas Tech. Uh, this may be where we're different. I'm going to actually roll with Texas Tech, Texas Tech because, once again, I just feel like those teams – that know that they're on the bubble and have to get wins to really solidify themselves and what that ha- you know when you're Texas Tech, Texas Tech I don't know why that name is giving me trouble tonight a lot of alliteration just too much for me but you know when you're a team on the bubble like that and yet you still have some control over what happens you're not sitting there hoping that you know I you you're Texas Tech is not sitting there hoping IU loses to Nebraska in the first round. Like, like they still have a chance to make their their you know case stronger if they can beat Texas. So they're going to put all their efforts into that, obviously. So I'm going to roll with them to get that much needed win for their program to get to the big dance. So I'll take Texas Tech over Texas, even though I cannot say their name, and so it's going to be fun saying them a couple more times in this bracket. But and then I think Kansas will roll over Iowa State. Uh, they are not only the number one team in the Big 12 tournament, but they are right now your number one team uh, You know, in your AP Top 25 uh, for a very good reason. They are just one of those handful of blue blood programs who are just – they know how to win when it comes to when it comes to this level of competition, whether it's the conference tournament or the NCAA tournament. They know what it takes, so uh, they've put together another remarkable season. Uh, expect them to make another deep run in the NCAA tournament as well. So they'll advance to the semifinals, and then we've got number two Baylor taking on Ken- Kansas State. 
Uh, I'll roll with Baylor there again. Baylor, another one of those teams. They might not be up to that, what you might call blue blood program level, but they are right there. If they're not tier one, they're tier one A. Always year in and year out, they're just really solid. Um, so I'll take Baylor there. And then, you know what? I will roll with West Virginia as well. The upset, that 6-3, I do love it. And I just don't trust in Oklahoma as much, you know, when it comes to their, their boys basketball program. I just don't trust... Uh, them to get it done they're not one of those teams that you know year in year out when I'm filling out my full bracket that I feel like makes it very very far in my brackets so here I'm just going to go ahead and and kind of rip that band-aid off and knock them out early I'll take West Virginia over them that says uh, sets us up with a semifinal matchup of Kansas and Texas Texas Tech that's the last time I'm saying their name Kansas is winning and moving on to the finals it's fine so Kansas gets that win punches their ticket to the finals and then I'm going to go with, you know, we'll make it easy. I'm just going to go with Baylor over West Virginia. And we'll have a one versus two for the first time in our conference tournament. But I will take Kansas. Again, they're, they're, they're as good as they are for a reason. They're not just because they're the safe pick doesn't mean they're the wrong pick. Doesn't mean that, you know, they're not going to win just because everybody. They're, they're, all, they're one of those teams that I think everybody picks them for a reason. Because more often than not, that's the team I'm going to take. That's the team that's really good. So I like Kansas a lot. I think they win this tournament, even though, as you said, uh, they punched their ticket, uh, you know, months ago into this big dance. But they officially will punch their ticket here and uh, solidify that, get another Big 12 championship. Moving on now to the Pac-12. Um, their tournament gets started Wednesday as well. Um, they'll get underway with the first round, uh, number nine, Utah, against number uh, eight, Oregon State. I'm going to go with Oregon State just because I want to see that rivalry game in the second round. Um, you know, another flip of the coin kind of thing with the eight, nine. Then you look at the five, twelve. Um, you know, coming up after that, number five, Arizona, against number 12, Washington. Arizona gets the win. They go on to play USC in the uh, in the quarterfinals. Then you've got Cal versus Stanford. I actually think Cal gets the upset win, and this may um, kind of officially sully uh, Stanford's run um, into the tournament. I mean, we you know, took a look look at who was kind of on the bubble, and uh, you know, taking a look at it, Stanford was in the last four in, but I think losing to Cal may be kind of the final straw and so I think Cal gets the win over Stanford they get that upset and you've got Colorado and Washington State I've got Colorado there so moving on to the quarterfinals you've got Oregon versus Oregon State Oregon gets the win um, you know they're you know one of the top teams they'll be one of the top teams going into the NCAA tournament so um, they're gonna move on and get the win there then you've got USC and Arizona I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Arizona here. Uh, they're you know they're a team where I think they're kind of flying under the radar a little bit. I don't know if they're gonna make a deep NCAA tournament run, uh, but I think they do get the win. Um, I believe in them maybe a little bit more than I do in USC. So that's gonna set up a one semifinal matchup as Oregon and Arizona. Then on the other side of the bracket, you've got uh, number 10, Cal, against number 2, UCLA. I've got UCLA getting the win and moving on there. Then you've got Arizona State and Colorado. I've got uh, Arizona State getting the win there. So it's going to make it a, you know, the, on one side of the semifinals, you've got 1-5. On the other side of the semifinals, you've got 2-3. It's kind of just crazy how, really in both sports, the Pac-12 is this conference that, kind of just flies, I don't want to say under the radar, but they just kind of are, just kind of overlooked, I feel like. 
where, you know, Pac-12 football, you know, at, at this point in the year, they're like, okay, well, you know, they're not going to be a team that I'm going to pick, pick to maybe win it all, but it's still going to be a fun, to, you know, tournament to watch. Or, you know, you know, in this case, you know, the Pac-12 tournament, we don't really know, you know, what, or, I mean, literally the number two uh, team uh, is UCLA, and their team's been kind of up and down all year. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what plays out. Um, you've got Oregon versus Arizona in one semifinal matchup. I've got Oregon winning that game um, and getting to the championship game to play UCLA, who gets the win over Arizona State. And then I'm going to kind of go chalk again in the Pac-12 championship game. I've got Oregon over UCLA. Um, Oregon, who is very solidly in, they're going to be one of the top seeds um, not number one overall seeds, but one of the higher seeds in the NCAA tournament, I guess is a better way to phrase it. Um, and But they go ahead and punch their ticket anyway. They get the win over UCLA. UCLA also, um, gonna they're going to make sure they're solidly in with a good Pac-12 tournament um, showing as well. So that's how that's going to play out. Um, uh, it's going to be uh, Oregon over UCLA in the Pac-12 tournament uh, championship. So, yeah, so breaking down the Pac-12, um, I kind of heard what you said, you know, about the conference in general, how it is kind of under the radar and overlooked. And I tend to agree with you um, that, you know, I feel like it's one of those conferences that almost always, it, in football and, and basketball, where there's almost kind of like one or two teams that's really good, and then the rest of the conference is just literally not even looked at and completely, like, overlooked and looked away. So... As a, a conference in whole, it, do, it doesn't really compare to, like, say, a Big Ten where, you know, yeah, one through ten this year in, boy, in basketball is really just solid. So it'll be an interesting tournament, and obviously, you know, there are a couple teams in here that can make some noise, you know, come NCAA tournament time, so it's going to be a really fun one as well. But, you know, starting off with that wonderful 8-9 matchup that Oregon State and Utah um, you know, I'm just going to roll with the upset once again. Why not? Done it all night. We'll go with Utah over Oregon State. Um, and then moving on down, you got Arizona and Washington. I'll roll with Arizona, that uh, five over the number 12 seed. So Arizona will win that one. And then you got Stanford and Cal in a tough 7-10 matchup. And, you know, with Stanford just this week beating number 21 Colorado, I feel like that might be one of those wins where yeah it's not like a groundbreaking huge upset you know top of the hour sports center kind of story but i think it's one of those wins that really especially at the end of a season can kind of bring a team together and say like look you know we showed it tonight you know in beating this tough ranked colorado team that we can do this if, if we're in it together if we're all on the same page like we can go up against a lot you know against any ranked opponent that's one of those games i think that can kind of help solidify that mindset so i think stanford uh finds a way to beat cal and move on in the tournament and then you've got washington state and colorado uh you know since i didn't go with the 10-7 upset we'll go with the 11-6 upset we'll go with washington state over colorado kind of a yin yang gotta balance it out uh just so my head doesn't explode and spin out of you know out of whack uh so that'll set us up with a Oregon and Utah matchup, a one seed Oregon, a very strong Oregon team once again this year. Again, they're just they remind me a lot of the Kansas and Baylor of 
just, you know, year in and year out, I think they're just a solid, solid team. And then every now and then, and kind of like a Florida State, as we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, where they're one of those teams where year in and year out, they're really solid. And then every now and then they kind of catch fire and, and really put it all together. And this is another one of those years where Oregon is kind of closer to that one than just being a solid team. So I think Oregon will handle Utah, no problem, and move on there. And then we've got Arizona and USC. I'll roll with Arizona, uh, upsetting USC, getting to that uh, semifinal matchup. And then in the bottom half of the bracket, we've got UCLA and Stanford. I think, you know, as good as Stanford might feel after beating that ranked Colorado team and then, you know, holding their own against a tough Cal team, uh, I think UCLA is going to be a little too much for them here in this tournament. So I think UCLA will advance there. And then I also think Arizona State will advance over Washington State, the three over the 11. So I'll take. So I'm rolling with three of the top four seeds really here in this tournament. But it'll be a good one. And then we've got. Let's see. So then we're matching up. We've got Oregon and Arizona. And I think this is where Arizona doesn't just have quite enough to handle a tough Oregon team. So I'll take Oregon going to the championship game. And their opponent is going to be. Drum roll. We've got Arizona. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, we've got Arizona State and UCLA. I'm all over the place. And you know what? We'll go with an upset here. We'll make it fun. We'll take Arizona State pulling off the upset over UCLA. Why not? And then so we'll have Oregon and, and number three seed Arizona State in the championship game. But I think, again, we'll find a one seed that just is too good, too strong. And I think they're going to punch their ticket to the tournament. Not that they haven't done that already, but I think they'll be your 2020 Pac-12 tournament champions is the Oregon the number one seed, Oregon Ducks. Yeah, I think Oregon's uh, shown. You know, they've been kind of kind of like a Florida State, like you mentioned, where they're you know they're not a you know or a Baylor, where they're not necessarily a blue blood, quote unquote, mm-hmm. but they're a team that you know solidly seems to have a team in the NCAA tournament uh, every every year or or more often than not every year. So now, final Power Five conference we're going to look at here, um, and that is the SEC that gets going on on Wednesday. Um, as well, uh, they will start with uh, number thirteen Georgia against number twelve Ole Miss. Uh, we're going to go with Georgia here. Uh, then number fourteen Vanderbilt against number eleven Arkansas, um, and we're going to go ahead and go with Arkansas here to get the win. So those are going to be some interesting games on uh, on Wednesday night. Um, then turning around to do uh, the second round on Thursday, you've got Alabama and Tennessee. Uh, we're going to go ahead and, and uh, get uh, Tennessee the win there. Tennessee's coming off of a, of a big win, um, a big upset over this past week. They're going to be feeling good. Uh, I don't really think they have an opportunity to try and make a push for the tournament, but it's still going to be good to get that win. Um, and then uh, you've got Ole Miss and, or you've got uh, Georgia and Florida. I'm going to go with Florida getting the win there. Then you've got Missouri against Texas A&M. I've got Texas A&M getting the win over Missouri. Uh, and then South Carolina um, against uh, against Arkansas. South Carolina uh, does get the win there. So then that moves on to the quarterfinals, and this is where it gets kind of interesting. I mean, you've kind of noticed in the last couple of brackets that we've gone through, and it just kind of speaks to the depth that – you know the Big Ten has the depth uh, that the uh, you know that the ACC has and stuff like that. Is that you know 
Mississippi State's the four seed in the SEC tournament, and they're solidly out. UCLA's on the bubble in the Pac-12, and they're the two seed. So it just kind of goes to show you yeah. some of the strengths that these other uh, conferences have. Um, so you've got uh, Kentucky and Tennessee. Uh, Kentucky gets the win there. Um, I really wanted to go Mississippi State over Florida. Um, and, you know, you could apply you know what you've said a lot, Chris, where, you know, you know Mississippi State's the team that has a lot to prove. So they're going to play a little bit harder than maybe Florida will. But yeah. I think Florida's just a too sound of a team. Yeah. Um to uh, to get beat by Mississippi State, so I've got Florida getting the win there. Then I've got Texas A&M beating Auburn. They beat them earlier uh, this past week. I think they just kind of have their number right now. I'm going to go Texas A&M over Auburn, and then I've got LSU versus South Carolina. LSU gets the win there. So in the semifinals, we've got Kentucky and Florida. I'm going to go with Florida getting the win over Kentucky. Um, uh, Florida's playing really good basketball right now. Uh, Kentucky. Um, is a team that, you know, I feel like every year at the beginning of the year we talk about how unbeatable Kentucky is and they kind of show, you know, what that they're not, you know, that they do have flaws. They do, you know, they are beatable. Um, so I've got Florida getting the win there. Then Texas A&M and LSU. LSU uh, gets the win there. So it's going to set up um, a SEC championship uh, game of Florida and LSU. And I've got Florida getting the win and winning the SEC tournament. Um, and cutting down the nets in Nashville. Oh, you're going to love this. This is going to be great. Okay, so we'll leave the surprise for the end. Don't worry. But at the start, we're going to go with, why not? We're going to go with our upsets. Once again, we're going to take the 13 seed over 12 seed, so that's going to be Georgia beating Ole Miss. And then we're also going to take Vanderbilt over Arkansas. Why not? We are hashtag team upset here, you know, on these conference tournaments. A lot of fun, a lot of good, you know, a lot of good matchups. We'll take those two upsets here. So that'll set us up with the second round. We've got that lovely 8-9 matchup of Alabama and Tennessee, and I'm going to go ahead and roll with Tennessee as well. Uh, just get Alabama out of there. I just, <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to see that. I don't need to see that name, and it's all good. We'll just we'll roll with Tennessee over that one. And then, uh, yeah, we've got that Florida and Georgia matchup. I think Florida, as you mentioned, are playing really, really solid basketball here. And they are. They're also one of those programs that, um, you know, I, I'm not going to put them really in that blue bloods, that tier one category, or really even that tier one A, but they're, there's a very, very good like tier two team where they're a solid, solid team kind of year in and year out. And um, so, you know, I'll, I'll take them to advance over Georgia and then I'll roll with Texas A&M holding their own against Missouri. And then we'll take uh, why not? We'll go with Vanderbilt over South Carolina. We'll pick a big kind of upset there. We'll take the 14 seed to make some noise and uh, move on to the quarterfinals. So then our quarterfinal matchups look like Tennessee, eight seeded Tennessee taking on number one seeded Kentucky. I think Kentucky handles business, takes care of Tennessee, and moves on to the semifinals. And then you've got your 4-5 matchup with uh, Florida there taking the win over Mississippi State. Again, Florida just playing really good basketball, solid all year round. Um, you know, not maybe not seeded as high as they would like to be. So I think sometimes when that happens too, even though they're one of those teams that is projected to be in, I think when you, you know, who knows, maybe they kind of feel slighted by only being a five seed in this tournament that they're going to say, you know what, you know, you know, you can put that on the bulletin board. They think these four teams are better than us. Let's go show them who's better than us and show them that nobody is. And so they're going to go out, I think, and play really tough. I think they find a way to beat that Mississippi State team and punch their ticket to the semifinals. And then you've got Texas A&M and Auburn. Auburn, 
really good. Bruce Pearl does a great job down there. So I think Auburn, you know, will handle Texas A&M, go to the semifinals. And then you've got um, Vanderbilt and LSU. The magical ride for Vanderbilt, I think, will end. LSU will handle business, punch their ticket to the semifinals. And then I'm going to roll with Florida upsetting Kentucky again. We talked about how Kentucky is is absolutely, you know, probably right up there with you know, the North Carolinas and the Dukes of the Blue Blood programs, it's really that kind of thing. Those three um, are your top, top tier, your most well-known, your well-respected, well-coached, you know, programs. And, um, but I think of those three, especially Kentucky almost always seems to be the team that just kind of falls half a step short. I won't even call it a full step short, but they just seem to, they have those flaws and then they don't, you know, they, they think they just... They just have those flaws, and sometimes the right team and the right matchups exploit them. Just look at the beginning of the year. They were undefeated, number one team in the country, and little Evansville comes out and, and you know, shocks them and beats beats number one Kentucky. And fun fact about Evansville, uh, did you know that Evansville beat that number one team and then proceeded the rest of the year to lose every single conference game that yeah. they played? Yep. Yep, I believe they were 0-18 in conference play this year or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah, so I think I saw something, don't quote me on this, I could be wrong on this part, but I think I saw something like that where they're the first team to, to do something where where both those happens, where they beat the number one team and, yeah. and lose every single conference game of the year. So what does that really say more? Does that say something about Kentucky? I don't know, you know, that... I look at it just as well. That's basketball. You know, any team can beat any team on a given night. It's the way sports go. It, it doesn't. It's not indicative of, you know, w- of anything else like that. So, so you know, just once again, congrats to Evansville for providing us that really fun upset, that really fun moment uh, in college basketball. You know, in the 2019-2020 season. So, congrats to them on that. That's something that I hope those fans will, you know, carry with them for a while. That's a really fun game to happen. But yeah, so I think you know when you're at the semifinal stage. Kentucky's already punched their ticket, and you know what? Honestly, they might just kind of overlook a team like Florida, who you know they might not feel is in their in that you know that caliber of team that Kentucky is. So I think Florida wins that one, punches their ticket to the championship game, and then you've got Auburn and LSU. I'll roll with Auburn again. Just I love what Bruce Pearl has done with that program. They had a really really great ride last year uh, to the Final Four, and it was super fun to watch. You know that kind of magic. That was really the the magic of March Madness was really, really shown through from that Auburn team. So I think they have, still have some of that with them. I think they're carrying it this year, and I really hope to watch them go really far in the NCAA tournament. So I'll give it to them to also punch their ticket over LSU into the championship game. So then we match up Florida and Auburn, and I'm going to roll with the Gators. Nice. I'm going to roll with the Florida Gators um, for really for one simple reason. Uh, well, I mean, the basketball side of it is they're still – obviously, as I've talked about through this tournament, they're a really solid team. There's no reason to believe that they can't beat any of these matchups. It's not inconceivable. Uh, but you know what? I just want to go ahead and give it to my buddy Jay Cray, who's a huge, huge Florida Gators basketball fan. And uh, so you know what? We'll just give him a little nod. I think I think Florida finds a way to you know give him a little, little present there and, and punches their automatic ticket to the big dance by winning the uh, – the SEC tournament there over a very, very, very tough Auburn team. Hey, I mean, uh, that's, you know, pretty good. I mean, the last three conferences we went through over Big 12, Pac-12, and SEC were all, all the same. Yeah. Um, I've got Ohio <laughs> State in the Big 10. You've got uh, you've got Illinois in the Big yep. 10. Um, and then uh, in the ACC, I had Florida State and you had Duke. So yep. it's going to be a fun uh, week of conference tournament action. Now, the last kind of question, you know, last thing looking at the bracket here, um, 
you know, it's uh, uh, you know, it's a question of are any any Indiana mid majors going to make it? Now, technically, Butler's a mid major, so you right. could, the, the the answer to that question would technically be yes. <laughs> um, but I don't know. The Big East is just kind of the Big East is kind <laughs> of like the AAC for me, where it's just kind of like. Yeah, you you know you're technically a mid major, but you've got Villanova who used to be in the big, who you know has always been in the Big East, but is in like the new you know not as you know prominent Big East. You've got you know Butler who's consistently a good you know it's not like you know it's not your you know Southern conferences, it's not your yeah. Mid American conferences. It's it's not that. So that's kind of what I'm looking at here. So yes, the answer to that question. Is yes because Butler's technically a mid major because they're not in the Power Five, but the Big East, the AAC, you know, the conferences that still have the Yukons, the world, and the Cincinnati's of the world, and all that stuff. I think if you, I think if you have a former Big East team in your conference, you're just kind of grandfathered into being a major <laughs> conference, in my, in my in my opinion, the way I look at it anyway. So, um, you look at it here. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of looking at it as, you know, Missouri Valley Conference, Mid America, yeah. you know, which has three teams, you know, with, uh, you know, with Indiana State and Evansville and, and, uh, and Valpo. And then you've got, you know, Ball State and the Mid American Conference. And, you know, Ball State, I think, has the best chance of any of those teams. But I just don't think, you know, Ball State's a team, you know, we talk about teams we don't trust in the NCAA tournament. Ball State's a team I don't trust in the MAC tournament. Yep. Because even if, you know, they could be the number one overall seed, they could be 30 and 0. You know, getting ready to go, and then they're going to stumble to whoever they play in that first game. It'll be the Kent State. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I don't have a lot of confidence there. So, I don't think, you know, you know, my answer to the question is no, (laughs) with the asterisk that I do understand that Butler's a mid major, (laughs) but I don't, I don't consider them in my world. I don't consider Butler a mid major because it, it, it would be kind of like if. Heaven forbid the SEC in football disbanded and then went like LSU's in like the in like Conference USA. Be like, all right, well, yeah, yeah, LSU's in Conference USA, but it's it's still LSU. Like you can't like it, it just doesn't make sense to me. So so yeah, it's you have, you have a better chance of Carmel High School splitting into two schools. Then the yeah. SEC just banned oh, yeah. them, just so you know. I don't know. The, the South would cease to exist if, if that actually happened. Um, yeah, that would be insane. But yeah, I, I don't think any... Bottom line is, I don't think any mid-majors that aren't Butler make it into the NCAA tournament. Alright, are you ready? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm going to take the mic. Okay. Yeah, here's my, right there. It's, I, I'm taking it anyway. <laughs> so here's my hot take of the night. You ready? Alright, so the question is... Or any mid-major Indiana teams can make the tournament. My answer is 100%, 110%. Yes, taking one. It's I'm taking one team, Butler, and I'm taking <laughs> I'm taking the Ball State Cardinals. I'm taking Chirp Chirp. They're the number three seed in the MAC tournament. They've got a bye all the way to the quarterfinals. They will play on not. They don't have to play until Thursday. They're the number three seed, as I mentioned. Their season they had a really solid year. They're 18 and 13. They're 11 and 7 in the MAC actually this year. So they've got some really really good MAC wins. So I think this could be the year where they don't stumble in the MAC tournament. And obviously, if they don't stumble in the MAC tournament and they win the whole dang thing, guess what? They're punching that ticket to the big dance. Then you're gonna see the Cardinals in the field of 64. Book it. You're gonna you're gonna see the Cardinals uh, cutting down the nets in, in the in the you know 
in, in the final four, going all the way. No, I mean... Okay, that was Craig. Yeah. I'm not going that far. I'm just saying they're punching their ticket to the field of 64, and we can go from there once, <laughs> yeah. once we fill it out. But I'm telling you now, the question, the answer is 110% yes, and I'm going with the Cardinals. I'm rolling with them. They're going to win the MAC tournament. Book it. Well, Chris, uh, thank you again for filling in on the podcast this week. I, I definitely appreciate it. Um, you can find him at MrTopher92 on Twitter uh, if you want to follow him there. So, again, thank you for coming on the podcast this week. Not a problem. It's always a blast. I love doing it. Um, it's super fun no matter what the topic is, even if it's one like this where I don't have the most extensive knowledge where, you know, when we do baseball or anything like that, I don't even need to look at my phone. It's all off the top of my head and all that. But I just I have a blast coming on this podcast. It's really, really super fun, and uh, and you know, I, I wish my best to B Scott and his family. I hope that they get everything right. Um, you know, take care of what they need to take care of, and I hope to hear them back on this podcast soon. Um, and I am always waiting in the wings if need be. But first and foremost, I hope him and his family get healthy. It's the most important thing. So, real, you know, shout out to them. I hope that they uh, come out of this better. So, you know. Um, prayers out to them thoughts and prayers are with them of course but uh yeah i just i relish i love the opportunity here to be on the podcast and i had just had a blast well we're definitely happy to have you as always chris um so real quick here i'm going to do a quick indycar series preview because that does get underway um this uh next weekend with the grand prix of saint petersburg um, it's going to be a, a fun race. I'm really excited to see how this uh, IndyCar season plays out because I really think that uh, I think Chip Ganassi is going to have a really good uh, team this year. Obviously, Penske is good as well. Um, and then you've got uh, Andretti Autosport with you know a bunch of different uh, drivers that are you know coming into that stable and uh, and and going to be really dominant to watch. So I'm really excited about this season. You've got jo- Joseph Newgarden who is defending his championship. He's going to come in, um, obviously, trying to um, you know defend his title. Then you've got rookies. I'm kind of mainly focused uh, on the rookies and the drivers that are going to be running the full schedule. Obviously, you've got some drivers that are going to do one-offs here and there. You've got some teams who are having one driver for the ovals, one driver for the road courses. So I'm going to basically just focus on the rookies who are going to drive all season. You've got Oliver Askew, uh, who takes over. For James Hinchcliffe at Arrow McLaren, you've got Alex Palo uh, from Dale Coyne, and you've got Renus Vaquet. I'm sorry if I butchered that. I know he's a you know French driver for Ed Carpenter Racing. Um, you know I'm I'm you know just this kid from uh, from uh, the Midwest, so I'm sorry if I butchered that really badly. But uh, those are going to be the rookies this year, so it's going to be interesting to watch. And then these are the drivers who are scheduled to run all 17 races. For AJ Foyt, it's going to be Charlie Kimball. Uh, Tony Kanaan will run a limited schedule. He's going to retire at the end of the season, which he's my guy. I'm really excited uh, to see Tony Kanaan run at least you know you know one more Indy 500. Um, you know he's been my favorite driver for a long time since he was in the uh, the uh, 711 machine for Andretti. Um, so I'm really uh, uh, kind of sad to see him go, but it'll be uh, a, a good kind of retirement tour. Then for Andretti Autosport, you got Zach Veach, Alexander Rossi, Ryan Hunter Ray, Colton Herta, who I think is going to have a really good season, and then Marco Andretti. For Aero McLaren, their only full-time uh, driver aside from uh, rookie Oliver Askew is uh, P- Patricio Award. For Chip, Chip Ganassi, they've got Marcus Erickson, uh, Felix Rosenquist, and of course Sean, uh, Sean, and of course Scott Dixon. 
Um, Dale Coyne has uh, Santino Ferrucci. Meyer Shank has Jack Harvey. Ray Hall Letterman comes back with Graham Ray Hall, uh, Graham Ray Hall and Takuma Sato. And then Joseph Newgarden, Will Power, and Simon Pagino will operate in the Penske stable. Uh, Elio Castroneves will be back for the Indy 500. So that's kind of how the IndyCar season looks. Um, you know, some of the new drivers, like I said, I mean, you've got, you know, Andretti Autosport with all those great drivers. I mean, you've already got Ryan hunter Ray, who's, you know, very competitive. You've got Colton Hura, who had a great season last year. Uh, and then you've got um, Alexander Rossi, who's always at the top of the standings. And then you've got Penske, which, you know, Simon Pagano, uh, last year's 8500 winner. You've got Will Power, who's, you know, you know, won. You've got Joseph Newgarden, who's been fantastic. And then you've got Chip Ganassi, who's, you know, got some good drivers as well. So I think the battle between the drivers from those three stables are going to be really interesting to watch. And then you're also going to have, you know, you know, there's very good drivers in other stables as well who will be interesting to watch. So I'm very excited to see uh, how this IndyCar season uh, does play out. Um, so going to go ahead and get into some predictions here. Uh, for uh, the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, who's going to win that race? I'm going to pick Will Power, and it's kind of crazy to think about it. I mean, you know, B. Scott and I have talked about it before where, uh, you know, it's kind of weird when we talk about, like, guys getting inducted into the Hall of Fame or guys retiring because, like, I remember watching those guys play. I remember watching, you know, those – I remember when those guys were drafted. And it, I kind of felt that way when I was looking at the past champions of the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. I was like, really, you know – only a handful of drivers are still left that have won over the past few years. Um, you know, you've got, you know, Sebastian Bordes, who's no longer in the series, um, you know, who's going to race kind of off and on. Um, you know, you've got, you know, guys, you know, who are former winners of this particular race who you know, aren't even driving in the sport anymore. So it, it, it's it's pretty crazy to look at it that way. I've got Will Power winning, though. Um, he's got the most history at this track. Uh, the most success at this track, he he did uh, he was the pole sitter for last year's race as well. So um, I think he's going to get the win there. When we look at rookie of the year, I think it's going to be all for ask ask you. You look at the other um, you know guys who are in the running for that uh, award. Um, you know you've got you know uh, Alex Palou out of Dale Coyne, uh, Renas VK out of you know a Carpenter. I just think uh, ask you has the best. Um, equipment out of any of those three drivers. So I think just based on equipment, I think he's going to have the better season. Um, and so I think he ultimately uh, wins Rookie of the Year. Then as far as Dark Horses go, who could potentially have a, a good run at being near the top of the standings, I'm going to go with Colton Herta. He really impressed me last year. He really broke onto the scene um, and had some good races, got a few wins under his belt, and he's really drove. Uh, he's really driven really well. Um, you know, through the course of, uh, you know, this last season. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. Um, and this all boils down to who I think is going to be the champion of the IndyCar series this year. And it's going to be a guy who over the last few years has been very close to getting it done and just hasn't been able to do it. And that's Alexander Rossi. Um, I think that he's going to be the guy who wins uh, the uh, championship this next season. He's been so painstakingly close um, over these past few years. He's had so many great runs and just, you know, been a little bit uh, too short. And so I think this is the year that he gets it done. He gets the win. Um, he uh, ends up winning the championship for the IndyCar Series. So, again, 
Uh, Alexander Rossi is going to be your champion in 2020. Colton Hurd is a dark horse. Oliver Askew wins Rookie of the Year. And this weekend, I've got Will Power winning the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. So that's the, our quick little IndyCar preview uh, for you guys. That will do it uh, for this week's this week's podcast. You can follow at Crash Course FM on Twitter. You can follow um, uh, on uh, Facebook, Crash Course Podcast. Also, uh, follow uh, at Craig Crash on Instagram. I do post um, there as well about pod, uh, about the podcast release as well. You can also go to anchor.fm slash Crash Course or wherever podcasts can be heard. We come out every Tuesdays at 6 o'clock, so make sure you guys are locked in there. That'll do it for this week. Again, one more time. Uh, best wishes, best wishes to uh, Jillian Scott um, and the uh, and B Scott and his family and Aaron and all them. Um, hoping that Jillian has a speedy recovery and hope that he is back uh, for next week's podcast. It's a little up in the air, but uh, we, we definitely hope to have him back. That will do it for this week. Until next week, guys. Have a good one, everyone.